Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 28th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Speak the Word Only. This is part 10. Speak the Word Only, part 10. In this series, we've been looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 13 for a while. Earlier, we looked at Mark chapter 11. I kind of moved away from it, and the Holy Spirit led me back to it again this morning. So we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 and Mark 11, 22 to 25. Let's get into it. Here we go. Speak the word only part 10. 2 Corinthians 4 and 13 says, it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. And since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. So, you know, we speak words of faith from a believing heart. That's how we're supposed to live. So in Mark 11, here's an example of this. Mark 11, 22 to 25, the, uh, Jesus cursed his fig tree. You know the story. The Bible says, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say, like you saw what I did to this tree, but you guys can say, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you're praying, forgive, don't hold a grudge against anyone because unforgiveness is a blessing blocker. All right. So, so you should know the story by now. Uh, but here's a quick recap. I want to make sure you understand the context. So one day, actually on the day that Jesus was going to clean out the temple and kick out all the money changers and he flipped over tables and all that, that on that, this is that day. So on that day, Jesus got up uh, and he got up early in the morning. He was so motivated by what the father told him to do that day that he left Mary, Martha and Lazarus's house in Bethany without eating breakfast. And he takes off and, um, and him and his disciples, they head to Jerusalem. On the way, he sees a fig tree afar off and it's full of leaves. So he's like, oh, snap, I'm going to get something to eat. And he walks over to the fig tree, but there were no figs on it. And so he only said those things he heard the father say. So obviously he was led of the father to say what he said. But he looked at the fig tree and said, may no one eat fruit from you ever again. And that's it. And the Bible says that the disciples heard it. They didn't overhear it. Not that they overheard it. They heard it. He said it loud enough for them to hear it. And then nothing happened, though. Normally, whatever he said happened. In this case, nothing happened. It's like the tree, nothing happened. And then Jesus walked away. So he walked away with his disciples. He walked away like it was already done. Now, that might not sound like a prayer to you where, you, you know, may no man eat fruit from you hereafter forevermore. That may not sound like a prayer, but it was a prayer. I, I'll point out two reasons why it's a prayer. Number one, Jesus never said or did anything that he didn't hear from the Father or be led of the Holy Spirit to say or do. Never. That's John 5, 19 and 20. Also, uh, John 5 and 30 and many other scriptures show that. So Jesus said, I only say those things I hear my Father say. I only do those things I see my Father do. So obviously, what Jesus was saying, he was saying something in the earth that he was led of the Father in heaven to say. And so that's a form of prayer. And then second, the reason why I know this is a form of prayer is because the next day he actually used this as an example to teach the disciples about prayer. So obviously is a type of prayer. So let me deal with the next day. So the next morning, Jesus and his disciples, they leave Bethany again. They go back to Jerusalem again. They're on the same path. They pass by the same tree. And Peter was like, oh, snap, check it out, Jesus. The tree you talked to yesterday, that thing is dead, is withered, is dried up from the roots. He was amazed. They were amazed. Jesus was not amazed. Jesus fully expected the tree to be dead. Matter of fact, Jesus believed it when he said it. 
So he wasn't moved by what he saw. He wasn't moved when it finally happened. He received it when he said it. Now, this is not in like the written version of today's word, but I'm going to pause real quick and just slide this in for free for you guys who are watching the video. This has actually happened to me a few times. I'll continue here in a minute where um, let's say my wife and I, we believe God for something. We believe God told us something. We pray. We believe we receive it right now. It may not happen for weeks or months or years. Now, in most cases, you know, you have to believe it. It has to happen on the inside before it can happen on the outside. So in most cases, it's happened. Uh, and then, you know, on the inside, and I'm like, man, I know it's done. As far as God is concerned, it's done. It's only a matter of time. It's going to happen in the fullness of time. But as far as I'm concerned, that thing is already done. I've rejoiced. I've thanked God for it. I've prayed. I've done all of that. Then when it finally happens in the earth, there's been some situations where Isabella and I, Isabella's like, man, you don't even seem like you're, you're happy. You, you know, you don't even, I don't see you. And I'm like, come on, babe. I rejoiced already. Now, I'm not saying that this always happens because sometimes she does the same thing with me in reverse. Well, one of us already received it in our heart. We already rejoiced. And when it finally happens, the other one is like, oh, snap. And then one of us is like, well, you should have already rejoiced. You should have believed when you, when you said it. Jesus believed when he said it. Jesus didn't have to wait to see it. To, to believe that it was already done. When he said it in his heart, knowing that he was led of the Father to say it, he believed and it was already done as far as he was concerned. Jesus was not moved by the fact that the tree didn't dry up immediately. So he did not need sense realm evidence to bolster his faith. Jesus fully believed this prayer and he walked away like it was already done. And 24 hours later, it happened. And then Jesus says, you guys could do the same thing. And he says, have faith in God. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Have faith in God. The words there in Mark 11 and 22, have faith in God, are also translated, have the faith of God. They're also translated, have the God kind of faith. Oh man, I like that translation. Have the God kind of faith. He was like, man, you got to have the God kind of faith that can speak to something, believe that God led you to say, walk away like it's already done. So what does this mean to you to today? I'm going to talk about the God kind of faith. What does this mean to you today? I have four things to share with you about the God kind of faith, and I'm excited about this message. Let's get into these four things. Number one, here we go. What is the God kind of faith? Well, what we learn from here is the, the, the kind of faith that agrees with God openly, out loud, in the earth, believing that whatever God revealed, his kingdom plans and purposes, that God revealed to you in your heart from the unseen realm, that you are willing to say it out loud in the seen realm, and you believe that what you, what you saw in the unseen realm is going to happen in the seen realm, right? That's the type of faith we're talking about. We all want, we all know and believe that it is the will of God for his will to be done where? on earth. How? As it is in heaven. Well, faith facilitates that. You, God is looking for faith in the earth. God is looking for faith inside of you. He gave you faith. Now he wants you to use it. God is looking for faith in humans. And when God can find faith in a human, then he can manifest heaven on earth because the human is in the earth. And so faith is a human believing God and exercising faith in the earth for heaven to manifest on this planet. This is how Jesus lived. This is how we're supposed to live. You are not, look at me real quick. You are not supposed to live your life, once you're born again, focus on going to heaven someday. No, you're supposed to live your life focused on bringing heaven to the earth every day. 
That's the will of God. That's how we're supposed to live. Number two, what is the God kind of faith? Well, it's the faith that publicly declares what it believes the Father wants to do, even when what you're saying is going against human logic, human reasoning, and common sense, right? What Jesus said didn't make any sense. Faith openly says what God is saying to you. Here we go. I love saying this. At the risk of looking foolish, knowing that if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. And this can apply to your health, your finances, your marriage, your career, your business, whatever. This kind of faith believes God and takes God public, saying it out loud, fully knowing that what you're saying can only be done by God. And if God doesn't do it, it won't get done. And this leaves you completely vulnerable, right? So you know at that point, oh my God, I'm saying this. God, you want me to say, I'm going to say it. Now, I have no way of doing what you're saying. Well, I have no way of making this happen. So I'm just going to, oh my God, I'm saying it, but I have no way of making it happen. So this leaves me completely vulnerable. So I'm saying it, but I have no way of making it happen. So I have to rely on you. Jesus had no human way of making this tree dry up from the roots, but he said it completely relying on the father, making himself vulnerable. And he walked away. This type of faith says what God is leading you to say in a very public way at the risk of looking foolish, leaving you completely vulnerable. At that point, you are completely relying on God. And I know that the father loves it. The father is very pleased when we exhibit this type of faith. This is the type of faith that he's looking for. He is. And then let me just say this. If he leads you to say it and you say it out loud at the risk of looking foolish, that if God, if you, and I've been there many times, I call it crossing the faith line. I'm like, God, I'm already crossed the faith line. I said it out loud in front of people. I said it online. It's on the internet. Oh my God. I said it out loud. I, I was preaching. I said it from the pulpit. I said it out loud and I can't do it. Only you can do it. And if you don't do it, it won't get done. Let me tell you, God will not allow you to look stupid. There are many times where I've done it and I've said it and I'm like, oh my God, please don't let me look stupid. Please, please, please. I mean, if you don't do it, it can't get done. God loves it. When you're, when you have that kind of faith, if you provide the faith, he will provide the power. But before I move on from this point, let me just say something because I feel as though I need to give you a warning on this one. I was going to move on and the Holy Spirit was like, make sure you explain what, what you're saying here. So to be clear, look at me. God is not obligated to back up your words. Let me be clear about this. God is not obligated to back up what you say. God is looking for you to say what he said. God is looking for, for you to speak words that he is speaking over your life, right? So God is not looking over your words to perform them. God is looking over his words to perform them. That's Jeremiah 1 and 12. So when you say what God is saying to you, right? When you say what God is leading you to say, then yes, 100%, God will back up what you say because actually is what he said. So you're actually saying what he told you to say. And so he's going to back it up and he will watch over his words to perform, perform them. But when you say something, then God is not obligated to perform your words. He's obligated to perform his words. When you're saying his words, yes, his words will never come back to him void. But when you say something that you came up with on your own and you just add in Jesus' name to the end of it, that does not mean that God is obligated to perform it. Faith is not about you trying to get God to put a yes on your plans, which you got birthed in your heart. Faith is about God trying to get you to put a yes on his plans, things that were birthed in his heart. Because I need to clarify this because I know that people of faith just say crazy stuff 
and they name and claim and grab and blab and say stuff that God didn't tell them to say, and they add in Jesus' name to the end of it, or they grab a scripture and quote the scripture, and they say, well, God is obligated to... No, God is not obligated to do what you come up with. I mean, who are you to tell God what to do? That would be the tail wagging the dog. Faith is not about us telling God what to do. Are you crazy? Faith is about us being led of the Father to do his will in the earth. Faith begins in God's heart, not yours, to be clear about that. Now, his plans are better than your plans. If you yield and you die and, and you let your life be about his plans, believe me, his, I'm, a, I'm a witness. Isabella and I are witnesses. His life, his story, his plans for your life are way better than yours. But just don't make it about you. It has to be all about him. Number three, what is the God kind of faith? This is the type of faith that walks away from a prayer without any sense from evidence to support it, fully believing that the prayer will come to pass in the fullness of God's timing. So a person who operates in this type of faith is not moved by what you see. You're only moved by what God said. Jesus was not moved by the fact that nothing happened when he spoke it. He wasn't moved by what he was seeing. He was only moved by what God said. And that's how we're supposed to live. You got to live by what God said, and you cannot allow what you see with these eyes to change what you say or to change what you believe. You have to live believing God that it, it may not happen for days or weeks or months or years, but while you're waiting on God, you will not be moved by what you see. You will only be moved by what God said. And number four, and finally, as we close out the week, what is the God kind of faith? It is the kind of faith that is so convinced that what, what you spoke, because God led you to say it, it was clearly something that God revealed to you. So believe, you, you so believe that what you spoke shall come to pass that you will never speak a contrary word against it, right? So you so believe in the power of words that you never speak a word against what you prayed. You follow up words of prayer with words of faith. Why? Because you know the power of words and you understand that if you say something in prayer, but then you come around and say something against it throughout the day, you're canceling out your prayer. So words of prayer must be followed with words of faith. What you say in your prayer closet must be consistent with what you say all day and what you say in the space between the promise and the performance. So here you have the promise, God said it on this day. Here you have the performance, God did it on this day. Now in that space, that could be hours or days or weeks or months or years. Oh man, I know you don't like what I'm about to say. It could be decades. So whatever it is in that space, you never speak a contrary word. While you're waiting on God, while you're believing on God, in the space between the promise and the performance, in the space between the confession and the completion, you never speak a contrary word because you know the power of words and you don't want to cancel out your prayer. You speak words of prayer, then you speak words of faith. Say amen to that. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith and we're done for the week. I want you to lift up your voice and say this. Say, Father, every day of my life, I want to be more and more like Jesus. Jesus spoke to a fig tree, fully believing that what he said would come to pass. And he walked away like it was already done. So by faith, I declare that I live the same way. In my prayer life, I pray as Jesus prayed. I spend time with you, Father. You reveal things to me that are your kingdom plans and purposes. And I agree with you in the earth for those things to come to pass. I take you public, openly declaring my prayers, even at the risk of looking foolish. And I believe I receive when I pray. 
I overcome fear, doubt, and unbelief. I have the God kind of faith. And this is how I live. I speak the word only. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. Put in your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox for free. It's Fridays. So on, fr uh, on, on Fridays, I'd like to remind you that we have a, a YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Rick Pina. We have an app. Go to any app store, search for Rick Pina. We have a podcast. Go to Apple iTunes podcast, search for Rick Pina. And you see Rick and Isabella Pena Ministries. Download the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can go to our ministry and make a donation if you want to do that and support what we're doing overseas to be a blessing to other people. That's ripministries.org. And listen, I love you. God loves you. I want you to have an amazing day and an amazing life. That's why I'm teaching you to speak the word only. The power of death and life is in the tongue. We need to speak what God is saying and only what God is saying over our lives. Have an amazing day and an amazing weekend. And I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.